The Now That We're a Family Podcast. We're live. (laughs) You guys, I am so excited to bring in one of my favorite people today to the podcast, and that's my sister, Kyla Cherie Van Weerden. Welcome, Kai. (laughs) I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about something that I think really needs to be said, and yet it's kind of a touchy subject. Last night, how many hours did we spend... I mean, at least a couple, (laughs) at least a couple with our husbands being like, okay, we want to talk about this, but we need input because this is, there is such a fine line here and there's so many different factors at play. Yeah. So we're going to do our best to try to uh, break this down because I feel like early on in my marriage, I feel failed so badly in this area and we were talking about it and we feel like we both failed in different ways. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a, uh, it's not like we've arrived by any means. I learned so much just talking last night to Kyla. <laughs> so I'm so excited for you guys to hear her. Cause she just, I think she's honestly done a way better job at this than me, but I wish that I had had a podcast or I wish I had a resource that I could go to and hear from someone else's perspective who had walked through this or was walking through this or whatever. And, and just know, okay, if I have these desires on my heart, how do I approach my husband without making like minimizing him or making him feel poorly mm-hmm. or just not getting the outcome and end that you want, which is feeling secure, feeling loved and having him feel respected and confident at the end of the day. Yeah. So, yeah. And finances are such a big deal. Um, it's the reason, you know, that they say 50% of divorces happen or something, or the majority of divorces happen. It's usually over finances or, you know, maybe there's one or two other things that are kind of at that top category for causing strife or pulling marriages apart. So this is something that we are all walking through if you're married. (laughs) Yeah. So Kyla's kind of awesome because she just got off a long bike ride. She's pregnant. You're pregnant with Mm. your second. Yeah. How far along are you? I am 25 weeks. So we're coming into the home stretch. And how long have you been married? Uh, Adam and I are coming up on three years in December. Yeah. So she's just right behind us and in a lot of ways in front of us though, honestly. So before we dive in here, I just thought we could pray real quick. I don't know if we've prayed on the podcast before, but I would like to, because I just feel like this is something I really, I want the Lord to be speaking through this and I don't want this to just, I don't want to mess this up. Absolutely. (laughs) So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to communicate and be in these other families' homes, Lord. I just really pray that Kyla and I would both be vessels that you would speak through ultimately, Lord. And I just pray that you would stop us before we say anything that would be hurtful to a marriage. I pray that you would open up uh, the women's hearts or the couple's hearts who are listening to this Lord and just prepare them for what we have to say. And I also just pray that, uh, ultimately Adam and Elisha, Kyla and my husbands would feel respected and honored by the way we communicate on this podcast, that we would have a good time here and that wives would really feel like they're able to communicate to their husbands and feel loved and understood and that their husbands feel respected and heard as well, Lord. And so your name, I just pray these things. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's dive into some disclaimers right off the bat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, fire away. You know how to disclaim better than I do. I'm not, I'm newer to the podcast world and I feel like I would miss something really important. Okay, so so ultimately (laughs) you said something last night that I thought was really good and that's just God's economy is upside down. Mm -hmm. And we want to sound that, set that ground 
breaking truth, I guess, before we go anywhere, because this is going to be very hard to take if you don't have a biblical worldview. Yeah. And obviously that can be communicated, like there's room for error in that. There's always room where the devil loves to take scripture and twist it and turn it into something that God didn't intend it to be, but his ways aren't our ways. And so today we're going to be talking about some stuff from a perspective that you might not have heard of before. You can say, well, there is a way that this could be abused. And yes, there's a way that it could be abused, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the way that God intended. Yes. And really owning it as far as um, from your perspective as a person, you know, not taking the chance to blame or point the other finger, just like, you know, we're so prone to putting ourselves first, even though we know that there's joy and blessing in putting others first. And we're so prone to, you know, operating in the world's economy, just because that's what the culture is shouting at us. And yet there's so much blessing when we're able to kind of step back and look at God's word and be reminded how his economy works and how we can then operate in that. It really turns our eyes towards Christ and towards the responsibility we hold instead of maybe looking at the problems in our spouse or, um, you know, all the what ifs or, you know, all that. Yeah. And for the most part, we're talking to women whose husbands love them, want to provide for them, want to cherish them. And we're all imperfect people doing the best we know how we're all maturing. We're on this cycle of Mm -hmm growth and sanctification and all of that. And so just like we're growing, our husbands are going to be going through that process as well. And we do want to say that I love how Kyla mentioned taking that responsibility because we're going to be talking to women here on this episode. And so we're just talking about our responsibility. And if you read scripture, then the husband knows his responsibility, but that's just not ours to control. And regardless Mm -hmm. of who that man is that you're married to almost taking the person out of it and thinking, okay, I'm just going to play by God's playbook. I'm going to follow Mm -hmm. his rules. And it turns it into kind of a game where you just follow the rules and the fruit follows regardless of who that person is that's in the game with you. And whether they're, yeah, they're playing the game fairly or whatnot. It just removes that because we're doing it as unto the Lord, which just, it does make it easier when you look at it that way. <laughs> yes, definitely. So something we do want to mention, if your husband is not providing for your needs, mm-hmm. and we have a little test to see if that's truly what's happening, because it's really easy for all of us to, our, our wants are endless, right? And so if your husband isn't providing for your needs, like your children aren't being fed, there's not a roof over your head, stuff like that, going to elders in your church and presenting the issue to them and then going with the elders to your husband to communicate that this is now a sin issue and he's walking in sin and the bible says that men or if you don't provide for what's that favorite bible verse elisha uses it all the time something that you're worse than an infidel if you're not yeah. providing for your own yeah, family i'd have to look it up part. <laughs> So anyways, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's actually, there is an element of this that can be walking in sin, but the test is, is if you're going and bringing other people into the situation to confront, that makes us think, okay, am I going to look like a fool if I go to them? And I'm like, my husband is not providing for me, not taking care of me. And they're like, well, you're doing good compared to some other people. Yeah. So I think it's important to take that into consideration versus just going and exploding onto our husbands and you know, beating the Bible over their head where we might actually be out of line in this instance. Yeah. And I think another thing to really look at before you go to your husband is knowing that godliness with contentment is great gain Mm -hmm. and that our 
wants are endless, as you mentioned. And so to really just check our hearts and make sure where we're at and make sure that we're in the right spot, um, finding our fulfillment and satisfaction from the Lord, from things that are intangible versus looking towards the next material thing, you know, the next remodeling project or pair of shoes or whatever it is that we kind of want as bringing us joy and happiness to make sure, hang on, wait, is, you know, before I come address this conversation, not that those things are bad, I just want to make sure that I'm having a spirit of contentment um, and that I'm finding my all in all to be in the Lord. So I think that's another good thing to kind of think about as we check our hearts before we kind of dive into bringing our spouse into it. Yeah. I mean, Kyla's so good at this and we aren't perfect in any of these areas. These are all things we're speaking to ourselves, by the way. Uh, Like all these notes I took last night were specifically for me. So we just do want to say though, that there are instances where there is something actually wrong and that's Mm -hmm. not what we're talking about today. So we're talking about a husband that's doing his best and you still feel financially insecure as a wife because Kyla and I have both felt this way, even though all of our needs and a lot of our wants, honestly, were provided for. And so I wanted to kind of dive in and just tell our stories a little bit before we kind of break down some things that have helped us work through this with our husbands because we've done it the wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) Sharing mistakes can be great. (laughs) Okay. So you start first because they know more about me. Totally. Probably too much about me. (laughs) Yeah. No. So it was fun because we were talking about this and it was really edifying. Like you say, when you are able to kind of bounce it off someone else and find breakthrough and be like, no way. That's maybe where I was in error. And like, wow, that's really cool that we're growing and learning in this. Um, but in the past, uh, Adam has always done a fantastic job providing. And I think that's why we, we talked a little bit in this conversation about whether you, it's a perceived lack of finances that's creating that insecurity or a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't matter because you're feeling that way. And that's why it's important to communicate it. Um, but I think in the past I have started to control what I can. So it's like me jumping in as a fixer or with a solution, um, which in my case was, uh, really restricting the spending (laughs) or making sure we were spending the money all the right places. Because, you know, he's an entrepreneur, we were starting a new business, and I wanted to support him in that, which I think my desire was good, but I think the way I went about it really undermined his confidence and brought a lot of tension into our marriage in regard to finances. So by micromanaging spending and maybe questioning what he was spending it on, keeping an eye on the credit card statement, it was not being real beneficial. And I thought we were trying to work towards the same goal of getting this business off the ground and being financially responsible. But it was really having the opposite effect where there was just, there was a lack of support. He didn't feel respected or honored. Um, And I definitely felt more frazzled and insecure than before. I had started, you know, trying to help jump in with finances. So that was kind of, my error was micromanaging and trying to control spending. And I think there's an element of control that kind of jumps in when Katie was telling her story. She's like, oh, yeah, I kind of tried to jump in and help this way. Um, And I think that maybe there's others out there who have found themselves either controlling spending or trying to control making more. But we try to help with our actions and it wasn't super helpful. So, yeah, I do think that this like common thread is that when we feel insecure as women, we do tend to kick into controlling something and 
that's typically our husband through one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt like, you know, you guys have heard, I would blow up when Elisha would buy a cup of coffee because that just, to me, did not align with our financial future. And I think the more insecure I felt, the more I like started just taking these little joys out of our life. And also, I think I have been taking control of, I would take control of finances by working and being like, okay, well, I'm going to create more income because then I can spend money on the things I want to spend money on. And Elisha was never saying you can't spend money on the things you want to spend money on. This was all self-induced. Like this was all in my head. And we were flat broke our first year of marriage. So there was a real um, lack of money. We were getting a lot of stuff off the ground all at one time. So this was like an actual thing where it wasn't like there were these abundant finances and it was just kind of we were arguing about how to spend them. But regardless of whether there's a lot of money coming in or a little money coming in, it doesn't really matter when it comes to feeling financially secure or feeling on the same team and feeling united with your spouse when it comes to spending or when it comes to financial Mm -hmm. goals. This can hit at any time in your marriage, whether there's a lot of money in the bank account or whether there's not a lot of money, these conflicts can come up. And so we've had that happen throughout instances in our marriage. And I think I just would approach Elisha so poorly when it came to these issues. Yeah. And I think it was, a it's typically a lack of conversation. Like I didn't come to Adam Um, and when I would try to bring it up, it was kind of like in a controlling way as we're looking over spending and be like, well, why did you spend money on that? And you know, why did we do this? It was just not, but we weren't having a healthy conversation or a healthy unity around it. And so, um, we found one tool that was really helpful for us in starting conversation was me coming and asking Adam, um, on a scale of one to 10, one being we can just buy our absolute needs and 10 being we are totally free. Money's not an issue right now. We are up there in the wants area. If there's something, you know, that you want been wanting for a while, go ahead and splurge. Where are we? And so by coming to him, I was able to ask that question with an honest, open heart. And he was able to kind of let me know. And that helped us get on the same page. Cause I think often it was, um, it can be just a lack of conversation that creates that tension or a lack of understanding expectations. Um, Because there were times when I was trying to be save every penny at Aldi and was clipping coupons. And then, you know, he'd go buy a pair of new running shoes or something that I felt like he didn't need. I was like, wait a second. And I didn't realize that something had changed in our finances or that there was no longer that tight pressure there. And I could have been more relaxed. I love I love when you brought this up last night, because hearing that. You're letting, we're going to get into this more, but you're letting your husband lead in the financial situation and letting him decide whether there's room for want spending or whether it's all should be kept to needs Mm -hmm. and you're on the same team there. And I love this because it's loose and it's flowing. And some guys really like that. There's other guys that really like a budget system, but I think just jumping back into some of the things that I did wrong is one, I think I knew that resentment and bitterness was going to build up in my heart if I didn't say anything because I was feeling this lack of financial security or I was feeling like I wasn't on the same team with Elisha with things that I would spend money on. And I'm sure he felt this for me too because maybe I would flip out about a coffee and then I'd spend 400 bucks on our kids' clothes. Like you just, what one person sees as a need and one person sees as a want are totally different often in a marriage. And so 
I think what I did is I would have a discussion and I'd say it all wrong. I'd come saying, okay, uh, we don't have enough money. <laughs> or like, this is the issue and I think we need to come up with a budget. So this is the solution. I'm going to fix the problem. Don't worry. I've got it under control. And that was really emasculating. I think that's the right term. But it really was taking away the leadership from Elisha and saying, even though this wasn't my heart to say, but this is what's coming across is you aren't doing a good job taking care of this. And so I can step in and thankfully I've got the answers. And that's just going to make a man very resentful. Yeah. When it's presented that way, even if you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a great help. You know, it's yeah. not it's not coming from this like place of malice. It's just unhelpful. Yeah. And that's what I've learned or am learning the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because it's your desire. Like you said, I said earlier, it's a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. But if your communication is unhealthy, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just as bad as if maybe if you aren't talking. Maybe, maybe worse. <laughs> right. Because then you think you're addressing something that's really making bigger problems. So when we were talking last night about just this balance of, okay, so we need, we know it's unhealthy for the wife to not communicate. But we also know it's unhealthy for the wife to communicate in these ways. Yeah. So what do you do if you're a woman, you don't like the way your husband's spending the money, you feel a little bit out of control of the situation and feel like the things that you do really care about are just on the back burner or aren't getting paid for at all. What do you do in that situation? And we came up with a few things. Yeah. And do you want to, do you want to say one? Yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> jump in with one of them. Um, so one way was Katie will kind of talk about addressing like maybe bringing your needs before your husband. Um, But there was something that helped me with purchases that I didn't see as value. So I'm kind of addressing that. Whereas if you don't see value in your spouse's purchase, it's really hard to get behind no matter how much money is there. Um, If you're like, just why? That is so excessive or extra or unnecessary. Um, And since I can tend to be the saver that's like all tight, That's definitely, I fall in that camp often. And for me, it helped to look at it through the lens of, would I invest that much in my marriage? So if he spent, you know, it can be some, a small purchase of a coffee. If you have, you know, you're raised drinking only water and that doesn't make sense to you or a large purchase of up to, you know, a new toy that he got or whatever, the helpful way for me was to think about it as would I invest that much in my marriage? Would I pay that much to go to a marriage conference to try to improve our relationship? And to me, that brings so much perspective because nine, well, I mean, so far it's been like 10 times out of 10. I feel cause probably cause Adam's super responsible with money <laughs> and I really shouldn't feel that way. But I just feel like absolutely I would invest that in my marriage. And so by me not making it a big deal and supporting him in it, that is investing in our marriage because it keeps us close and it doesn't let the little things become mountains um, that then tear us apart over what? Just some money, you know? It's like I would trade all the money in the world to be close with Adam and to have a marriage that's rich and fulfilling. And so that kind of helped bring perspective for maybe when they're buying something that you don't see as valuable, it kind of gives it a value. Um, seeing it as an investment in your marriage. So that was one thing that that is so I've good. learned that's helped a little bit. <laughs> Kyla, that's just so awesome. I love it. Like, would I invest this $120 in my yeah. spouse? Because that's really what you're doing when it can be a joyful, relaxed thing and they aren't paying for it with the money and then paying for it with the attitude and the yes. you know resentment that they're getting from their wife. And I think something that really, really hit last night 
to me and something that I took away from our conversation is letting him lead in the solution. So what it's up to me to do is to communicate the desires on my heart. Like, okay, I would really love, like, Elisha, I would really love uh, money to buy this dress for this wedding that we're going to. We have weddings we're going to this summer. I'd really love to buy it. Um, do you think that there's room in the budget? For, or is, we don't have a budget. Budget's like not something we do. We have done that. But do you think that there's room for us to spend money on this right now? Or if not, do you think there's a way that we would be able to find money somewhere to do that? Or if it's like visiting family, you know, like my family mm. lives across the country. Do you think that there's a way that we would be able to set aside some money for that? Or if it's something for the kids or a home renovation project or whatever that desire is, putting those desires out there and communicating those desires and then letting him come up with a solution, letting him lead and finding the solution. I think I always thought I had to come with a solution. And up until last night, I think I still thought that. And it was so mind opening to me to just think, oh, I don't have to say, so here's X, Y, and Z on how we're going to do it. I'm going to start taking more YouTube sponsorships or we're going to do this or we're going to save money this way and cut out expenses this way. It's just, what do you want? And some guys are going to be the budget guys. They're going to be like, okay, well, let me think about this. You know, we're on a fixed income. I can, we can maybe, you know, let them do the research, let them come up with this, whether it's like an ongoing desire that you have or whether it's a one-time purchase, or maybe they don't like budgets I think mm-hmm. our husbands up until this point yeah, can not, agree not the big budget type. <laughs> they, aren't the, they aren't like super fans of budgets um it's more like a loose guideline kind mm-hmm. of thing and so instead of trying to control the situation be like so-and-so you know spend 70 percent on their income and 20 percent on this and savings and 10 percent on giving just um letting them decide how they want to do that if they're like oh well would you want to get a side start a side hustle like let them ask the advice if they want or let them come up with a solution on their own yeah but just let them lead in loving us and I think that that's the opportunity that we can take away when we come with well we're going to take care of ourselves is we lose that opportunity for them to be the hero for them to step up and be like oh wow this is a way I can love my wife um, and do that and maybe if they just don't see any value in it then you have a discussion on why you see value in it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's totally a different topic. But yeah. I just think that that was something that I really took away that I want to apply more in my marriage. Yeah, and I tell you what, nothing was as motivating as seeing, I don't know who had the epiphany or brought it up, but seeing Elisha and Adam light up and be like, wow, that would be so empowering and life-giving and awesome. And we love you and want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And you're giving us an opportunity, like Katie said, to be the hero, to win. And it's just a total win-win because as a woman, it feels awesome to realize like your husband wants to take care of you, you know? And that's how, that's how they both felt like they would respond is be like, if you came to me with a need, I a hundred percent want to want to meet that, um, and be there for you. So that was really good. And I think how we come is so important. Just like anything, like first praying, coming before the Lord, checking my heart before Mm -hmm. I come to present something to Elisha and not being like, you have failed me in this way, because that's not, 
first of all, it's not true. And second of all, if we haven't communicated our desires in a healthy way, how are they supposed to know what's important to us and what's not important? Yeah. And so not coming with a critical spirit, not coming with a condemning spirit or like you are so immature and responsible. Let me take care of you. Um, and instead just really open hand and open hearted about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can really communicate what's on our heart and be free to do that and then defer. And I think that that's another key yeah. point. If, if, the takeaway that our husband has is not what we anticipated deferring to that and seeing what happens. And I think mommy has a story that's just powerful of her talking to her mom. So our mama joy yeah, about my dad and his immaturities when it came to spending, when they were newlyweds and my grandma did not say what she, my mom expected. And she said, let the electricity turn off. Yeah. Let him pay the bills. If he doesn't pay the bills, let the electricity turn off. She said, light some candles and make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Like how cool is that? Instead of being like, I told you so when the electricity turns off, just be on his team and let him know that you're supporting him at, through this journey, whatever yeah. that looks like. And that's so much easier said than done, but it's so beautiful. And I don't know, that's the kind of marriage that I want where Elisha knows I have his back regardless of what decision is made and what happens, we're going to make the most out of it together. And Mm -hmm. when you think about the worst case scenario, it's often not too terrible either. Yeah. Like if electricity does turn off, it's kind of like, well. Or if he says, oh, hon, we just can't swing that right now. Thanks for letting me know, but I'm going to try to work towards that. You know, we got to wait, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, how bad can it be? You've been able to communicate the desires of your heart. You are united in understanding where the other person is at. I mean, how many of us just want to feel heard and just know that, hey, this is something that is, you know, would cause resentment if I just kept it to myself unbeknownst to you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's really, really key. I love that. And then making sure our hearts are prepared to defer to whatever situation they genuinely have instead of like, well, I have a little solution in the back of my brain. Like, why aren't you asking for it? You know, (laughs) just letting it go and letting them make that final decision. So anyways, those are some things that, I just think I know would be helpful in my marriage and something that was a turning point for us. And when it came to me micromanaging Elisha and our finances and all that was, uh, him changing. We decided to do this together, but basically I lost the password to our bank statements yeah. and it was kind of an accidental thing. And Elisha took over paying the bills because that's something he wanted to do. And so I just didn't really have any need to access our, um, I don't know, our, our income statement. And that has been so good on our marriage because for whatever reason, he is so much more gracious when he sees my personal purchases than when I see his personal purchases, which happen like once every six months, to be honest. And I'd be like, why did you spend $12 at Jimmy John's, you know? And it's just like, give the guy a break. Like, I know I'm so ridiculous in this area, but it will be so gracious when it's like, oh, you know, I saw there was like this random $130 purchase, you know? And I'm like, "Uh, that was a swimsuit, you know? (laughs) Like, and that's just been really helpful though on our marriage is just letting, um, not seeing the day-to-day details because if it's out of sight, like, I do genuinely trust him and I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And then like when it comes to something like needs versus wants, I'm just going off of his, um, his decision. Are we good to spend on this or are we not? He gets to make that call if we are, if we aren't. And then he has the responsibility if an overdraft happens or something like that, which hasn't happened in our marriage, but I know that that 
could be someone's reality for sure. Yeah. And that was something that we, Adam and I actually ended up doing, um, unbeknownst. <laughs> I didn't know they happened upon that as well, but we, that really allowed me to release control and just trust him. So when I would ask him on the scale of one to 10, I wouldn't be in the back of my mind being like, well, that's funny you think we're there because our monthly expenses are this and our savings are that and we last this long. And so I'm doing all the math in my head and I end up being like, okay. And in my heart, I'm like really conflicted. Yes. Um, so going like, I think the world would look at this though and be like, what a fool. Yeah. She's being so dependent on him. Like it's good for a woman to, you know, understand and be involved and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it does make it easier when you can truly trust his perception of where we're at. And we have totally had it where some months we're at, he's like, it's a one, just needs. And literally the next month, it's like a six, which I'm like, wow, okay, we're at a six now. And then we've been back to a one. So just trusting that he knows where we're at. And if we end up in a tight spot that that is his responsibility, it's before the Lord and I can just rest and um, adapt as he says, and kind of try to honor him the best I can with our spinning. And if that comes and goes that quickly, great. Um, but I don't need to be doing the math in my head and really like, you know, and when we treat our husbands, like they are little boys that need to be taken care of, I think it's way easy for them to fall into that because they're kind of like, what's the point? Like she's going to double back and make sure everything's just how she wants it anyways. So why am I even putting an effort? Whereas if they're like, wow, she's just totally trusting me to make sure stuff goes right. It's going to look bad on me if it doesn't. And that just really like ups the responsibility and the desire and the effort mm -hmm. that goes into that. And I just see in a lot of marriages and you see, you know, men that are just really boys and it's, it's hard releasing control to someone who is really squandering their time maybe or squandering their finances. Mm -hmm. But it's like, until we do that, like something has to give. Either he has to step up overnight and be this awesome leader, or we have to start treating him like this leader when he's not and just kind of let life teach the hard lessons that need to be taught. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of women acting like mothers. And I know that when I've acted like a mother in my marriage, one, it is not fun and romantic <laughs> and loving. Yeah. It is both of us feeling hurt and unloved and disrespected. And when I have let go of control and just trusted the Lord and trusted my husband, you know, that's why I married him. Elisha's just like, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> he's right. just abundantly gone like so far beyond what I thought I wanted. Yes. And so anyways, it's just been a, an incredible blessing to see. And I hope to see that more and more as, I, as the Lord just works in my heart. Yeah. And I think my mom said it, we were talking about this similar train of thought recently. And she said, she's like, the Lord uses women to make great men. So whenever you see a great husband, it's because there's a woman behind him who chose to trust the Lord. And through that, the leadership of her husband, and that's what made him great was like you said, whether it's that weight or that responsibility, allowing them to grow through mistakes and having grace and love and just c continuing to honor and respect them when mistakes are made, because they will be made. And, um, I mean, we make plenty of mistakes ourselves, yeah, right? So I they do. carry that grace. And that's the difference between maybe a weak man that has constantly been mothered and criticized and corrected and not allowed to even carry the responsibility because of our fear or lack of trust in the Lord ultimately being our provider. Um, wow, Kyla. So just 
that was some wisdom from mommy that I really took to heart and thought, you know, and I, it's true when I think of the amazing men that I really look up to and respect, um, then you think of their wives and there is truly a spirit of honor, dependence, respect, love, trust, and just grace. Um, really wanting to see them win and being their cheerleader and not feeling the need to let our fear or insecurity um, take over and cause us to, you know, grab the reins. And in so doing really, you know, it says the foolish woman teareth down her house. And I think that's kind of how we can do it. So that's so good. I feel like it's so easy to look at a marriage that say you really respect and be like, well, I would act like that wife too, if I was in that marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. But then that, woman was acting that way long before her marriage was that way in order to build her marriage into that. Yeah. And obviously men have a role to play too. And sometimes it goes the other way. It just really takes one person in the relationship totally. often. And sometimes the man is the one to just really love on his wife and love on his wife and love on his wife. I know I feel like in my marriage, it's gone a lot that way. Like when I haven't deserved Elisha's love and he's just loved me and loved me and loved me. And I'm like all emotional. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways, so I just hope that ultimately you guys take this away and maybe you just have a conversation with your husbands about it and see what are his thoughts on it because our desires are to um, just encourage you to have conversations and there isn't a one-size-fits-all to this method. Yeah. We just want to have a lot of humility and we want to leave room for our husbands to give their honest opinions as well without fear of us saying, what? You agree with them? You're ridiculous, you know? Like, you just, I don't know. We just want to be respectful and humble and yeah, and lovable because we do want to be loved. Yeah. Be a princess and you know, you'll get treated like one. <laughs> yes. And obviously there is, I love that in marriage, there's unconditional love. We do not have yes. to work for our spouse's love in a healthy marriage because it is just given unconditionally. So I don't want to say that, oh, well, our husbands will love us if we're lovable, but it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more rewarding to love someone who's lovable. Just like it's a lot easier for us to respect a man who is just naturally respectable. Mm -hmm. But by God's by God's standards, we can play by the rules of his game and fruit will follow by following a biblical standard, whether or not the other person is walking in that truth. Yes. And that's pretty cool that there's that much power in the plan that God's laid out for us. Yes. So good. Okay, Kyla, thank you so much for joining me today. I am, I know I've been really encouraged. I'm excited to listen back to this. And I'm glad I have my notebook from stuff that we talked about last night because I really feel like I am growing and on this journey. Seriously. No, this was majorly edifying just between last night's conversation and today. And I know this is going to continue to be on my heart and mind as I practice these things and try to put them into play um, and really see our marriage flourish in the area of finances. Yeah. Okay. We will see you guys. Well, I will see you guys next week. And hopefully you guys will see Kyla again soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>